0: Hi and welcome everyone to the sixth episode of CRM Rocks. Today's podcast will be about dynamic CRM versus Salesforce. Before we get started, I want to tell you that I will be attending Xtreme in Barcelona next week. That is 10th to 12th of February. If you're there, say hi to me. And if you're not able to come, post a comment on crmrocks.com and tell me what you would like to hear about from Xtreme. In Barcelona. Now on to my guest. Leon Tribe is a dynamic Syrian consultant and business thought leader based in Sydney, Australia. Leon holds an honor degree in quantum physics and an MBA in strategic and leadership. Leon's passion is solving business problems through the intelligent use of technology. Leon began working with CRM systems in late 1990s he moved to Deloitte in 2001 to hone his consulting skills and was part of the first group of consultants in Australia trained on the beta edition of Microsoft CRM one a prolific business writer Leon has been writing on consulting and the CRM industry for almost 10 years Leon advises industry bodies, recently acting as a specialist advisory to a white paper published in Australia, Directed Marketing Association and Digital Marketing. In recognition of his work, the Dynamics CRM product, Leon was awarded Microsoft's Most Valuable Professional Award in 2009, one of 50 in the world. Welcome, Leon Tribe. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, Marcus. Oh, it's my pleasure. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. It's the end of the day here, but um, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's been a good day.
0: So you have been doing quantum physics. Uh, how how does that relate to CRM, and how, how did you go from quantum physics to CRM? That that sounds interesting.
1: It's a good question. So um, I. In Australia, you do a bachelor's degree, and that goes for three years, and then you do an honours degree, which is like an extra year, a fourth year. Um, and so I've completed those, and then I went on to start my PhD. And I got a scholarship for that, but that only went for, I think it was four years. And unfortunately, I got to the end of the scholarship period, and I still didn't have a thesis uh, complete. So I had a choice to make. I could keep going with the um, with the PhD thesis and not be funded, uh, and, but at the same time, I got offered a job in IT. And so I, I, sort of waited up and thought, you know what? I might jump towards the money. So I went to IT. And then, uh, a friend of mine, a number of a few years later said, look, I'm working for this company called, um, um, Intracommerce. They've got a thing called this CRM thing called Sales Logics. Why don't you come on board and start working with that? And that was when I started working with CRM systems back in the days of what is now known as Sage Sales Logics. Uh, but about seven years ago, a little bit more than seven years ago, I jumped across to Dynamic CRM and I've been there ever since.
0: So you were studying physics during your master thesis?
1: Yeah. So the, yeah, the PhD was in quantum physics. Um, I guess the thing that links the two is what I really enjoy is solving problems and, and physics problems are well and good, but they're quite mathematical. And they're quite theoretical, so it's all about spheres and vacuums and things like that. CRM problems I enjoy solving, but they, in some ways, are a lot harder to solve. So they involve people and trying to instill change in people and the way people work. And when you're juggling people and technology, um, they are quite tricky problems to solve. But they're certainly very, very enjoyable, and I enjoy what I do.
0: You said that you moved to a new company and that's how you started in CRM. Was that starting off in Salesforce or what? was that another CRM system?
1: That was um, what's now known as Sage Sales Logics. So originally it was owned by a company called Intract Commerce and that's the company I joined. And so originally I was sort of a call center guy there. The, the problems would come in and um, I would solve them. I'd do a bit of programming to help, help, help um, resolve the, the issues the clients had. And I kind of just build up my skills from there. But yeah, so the original product I worked with uh was the SalesLogix product. And then a few years later, a company I worked for was working with both Microsoft products and SalesLogix, and there was a training course on this new product called Microsoft CRM. And they put me on it, and I saw the future, and I jumped on board.
0: When I prepared for this session, I, I actually had to, to sign up for a Salesforce account and try it out because... I actually hadn't tried it before and haven't seen much about it. And uh, to be honest, this really doesn't come up as a competitor in where I work here in Sweden, perhaps not in the Nordic countries as all. Is that tied to just the geographic location that it's not much present here or is it elsewhere in Europe or how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I've done a bit of research on this on my blog. And what I've done is if you look at um, Google Trends, you can look at where in the world people are doing searches. So I look at the phrase CRM" and I look at the phrase Salesforce.com. And if you look at the locations where people are uh, doing searches on, on the phrases, you find that Salesforce.com is very heavily centered on the USA, on the North America and not many people are certainly doing queries and by implication are interested in Salesforce outside of North America. Whereas if you look at Dynamic CRM, it's a lot more widespread. So it's in North America, it's in Eastern Western Europe, and a bit, heavy, bit more heavily in Australia and South Africa as well. So if you're not really seeing it in Sweden, I guess it's almost certainly because Salesforce's focus seems to be North America. And Mark Benioff, the CEO, has been pretty clear about this that his, f- his focus is to absolutely nail the U.S. market. He's not very interested in, say, uh, making inroads into China, which is one of Microsoft's strategies for Dynamics CRM.
0: It's purely a business uh, decision and marketing b- decision, as you see it. Certainly,
1: Salesforce, yeah, their strategy is to consolidate the U.S. market, to try and get as much of the U.S. market as they possibly can. And they are making... Um, some noises in Europe um, and now making some noises overseas but really their focus is is getting the US market nailed down and, and then taking it from there whereas Microsoft is a lot more widespread in um, where it sees the value of CRM. It, it is going into China um, in terms of languages CRM supports a little over 40 languages Salesforce supports I think it's 16 um, so in, in terms of an, which ones are more international of the products Donut Serum certainly certainly wins that battle.
0: Yeah, because the the number of languages speaks a a clear indication of what's the intent for this product. Yeah, absolutely. Does Microsoft support the left to right also, not just right to left? No, no not the other way around.
1: Yeah, so I think it's Arabic. Yeah, they support right to left, or well, it might be Hebrew, but yeah, certainly they support right to left languages as well as left to right. Uh, both are both are supported in Donut Serum. I'm not sure about Salesforce, but certainly Donut Serum supports that.
0: I think that's cool, anyway, because every time you look at it, it sounds, it it looks a little bit like, oh well, your your graphic driver is wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a bit uh, unusual. Uh, it, perhaps it's just me in my. Uh, my small mind. Uh, anyway, um, um, going on to perhaps a little bit more uh, strategic, uh, if you look at perhaps Gartner and Forrester, what do they say about comparing Salesforce and, and Dynamic CRM?
1: Gartner and Forrester are pretty consistent in the message they give in that they see it as a um, essentially a, a four-horse race. So, they say they see effectively four products as the, as the key products in the market. And so those four are Salesforce, which is generally sort of ahead of the pack uh, by a little amount, um, followed by Dynamic CRM. And then just behind those two, there's Siebel, the, the Oracle product, and SAP CRM offering. And they're generally the four products, which both Forrester and Gartner see as the, the leaders in the CRM space. Um, and of those, generally, Dynamic CRM and Salesforce are up the front. Salesforce slightly ahead in their estimations.
0: Is it when they compare market share or do they compare features or what What do they show? Generally, it's
1: functionality-based, but there is also things like market share that feed into it. Um, there, it's, pretty, it's pretty comprehensive in, in, in their analysis and you can certainly get the reports. Microsoft, you can get the reports from, I think it's called PressPass. So if you do a search on Microsoft PressPass, You'll be able to get the latest Gartner and Forrester reports that mentioned on XCRM. And you can see see the breakdown. But it does take in those kind of factors. You know, what, what, what's the uh, functionality of the product? Uh, how does that compare? How does market share compare? Um, uh, the kind of, in, you know, is, is it a broad industry offering? That kind of thing. Um, but it's it's quite a, a broad analysis that they do when they make those comparisons.
0: But it's still, they compare like Salesforce automation right Uh, it's not the entire product or do they call everything salesforce automation and compare everything in the product to everything else or do you know anything about that
1: i see what you're saying um yeah so garner for us to bring out different reports for different elements um the ones the one that i normally focus on in my blogs is that salesforce automation one so it's comparing in the case of salesforce it'll be the um, sales cloud, service cloud and marketing cloud uh, and comparing that to dynamic CRM on-premise and online, uh, both both offerings. But it's generally in that Salesforce automation um, opportunity management, lead management area uh, where the two, two will appear on the same graph. Uh,
0: how do you come across uh, Salesforce if it's not very popular in Australia? Oh, we certainly come across it here.
1: So I'd, I'd say it's um. From your description anyway, in Sweden, it's probably more popular here than in Sweden. Um, and Salesforce are certainly very aggressive in their, in their sales and marketing. Um, so if there's an opportunity which, uh, could potentially fit both Dynamic CRM and Salesforce, often Salesforce will be, will be in there. Uh, the company I work for also sells both products. So I run the Dynamic CRM team, um, at Oakton for New South Wales, the state where I live. Uh, but it literally across from me, is the lady that runs a Salesforce team, so we actually work with both products, but they're definitely both in the market um, in Australia. Uh, so we do come across them if there's a serum opportunity to be had. Um, it's it's more often than not also Salesforce in the mix.
0: Perhaps it's just me. I'm not uh, the entire Swedish market, so uh, perhaps it's just me that doesn't really know a thing about them. If you work with both of these, what do you say when you come out to a customer? If they have questions of implementing from the beginning a, a CRM, um, what's the discussion that you have with the customers on choosing a platform?
1: It's a good question
0: because
1: uh, there is a lot of there is a lot of noise out there from both camps about why their product's better and why their product's worse. Um, I take a reasonably middle of the road approach, even though obviously I am somewhat biased towards Dynamics CRM being a Microsoft MVP in CRM. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, and, and the Gartner and Forrester will bear this out, that functionally, in terms of broad functionality, uh, both products are quite similar. Where you'll see a differentiation is is in, in on the edges, if you like. So, um, for example, um, if you've got a, a customer who's heavily invested in the Microsoft technology, so they're using Exchange, they're using Outlook, these kind of things, they, they've already got SQL Server licences, Danox CRM will probably be a better fit for them. Um it's it's they've already got the Microsoft technologies are gonna work better together. Um it's gonna be a good fit for them. If the client's using, say, a lot of Apple Macs, they're using the um Google apps, so they're storing all their documents in, in sort of Google. Um and if they're doing things like that, then Salesforce may be a better fit, uh, because the Salesforce um has a pure online offering um and it's it's often um suits better to um um, there's sort of the Google, the Google technologies and the, and the Apple technologies can be a better fit there. Um, another strong differentiator, there's a couple, probably another couple of strong differentiators between the product. Um, uh, one is Salesforce is purely online. So if you, if you want an online, um, offering, then Dynacs CRM's got an online offering, Salesforce's got an online offering. If you want on premise though, if you want to maintain your own servers and run the product on your own servers, and you've already got your got your server farm somewhere in in, in house, uh, then Salesforce can't help you in that regard. There, there's no on premise offering for Salesforce. Uh whereas Dynax CRM there is. Probably the, the other main differentiator is price. Um, if we look at a, a comparison of um functionality, as I say, functionally they're pretty similar. Um, if you get the Salesforce um Enterprise Edition and compare it to Dynax CRM, functionally they're quite similar products. But you'll find that dynamic CRM is about a third of the cost of Salesforce. So Microsoft is very aggressive in their pricing when it comes to dynamic CRM, and that's certainly a quite differentiator.
0: Both technical and price, but there's not really a difference. You don't talk about, well, if you have these kind of processes that you want to automate and you have these kind of things already in, so it's not a lot of people there that that you compare them to.
1: No, in terms of, um, say, work, uh, workflow automation um, and some of those traditional CRM aspects, so um, Salesforce automation, uh, mass marketing tools, um, and service support, for most companies, they're pretty similar. Um, if a company's got a very specific need, it may be that one product serves them better than another. But for the broad strokes, in terms of the main things you're looking for in a CRM in those regards, both products are going to serve you probably equally well
0: if you want to use these as a platform and and start to develop perhaps other things than just standard CRM, how how do you compare them then?
1: Um, again, they, they compare pretty well. So in the case of Dynamics CRM um, it's a .NET platform. The product's been built um, from, from the base up as a .NET product. So unlike the ERP products in the dynamic, Microsoft Dynamics family, which were um, almost exclusively acquisitions, Dynamics CRM was actually built by Microsoft from the ground up as a .NET application. So in terms of extending it, it's the um, it's the standard .NET platform, .NET ASP, SPX platform. So if you know um, .NET technologies, you can build it, you can add plugins to it, you can write JavaScript to modify the form behaviors, um, and you can fully extend it. And this is very common. So most projects i work on will have uh, what they call XRM elements, elements to the product which aren't necessarily about a customer but are about a business process that needs to be managed. Um, and so in one case, uh, there was a CRM system where it dealt with elevators. It was an elevator relationship management system. It was all about the elevator and not about particularly the owners of the elevator uh, but all about the elevator, servicing the elevator, um, keeping the elevator working. So it's yeah, you do get these um projects where it's not uh traditional CRM products, but you're treating the um CRM products as a platform for managing business process. In terms of Salesforce, uh they've just come out with their um Salesforce one strategy, which is basically an online development platform uh so you can build on top of um Sales Logic uh, sales Salesforce. Uh so that involves the Force.com platform and the other associated development platforms that were previously separated, they've now rolled them under the Salesforce One platform. Um so in terms of can you extend both products? Absolutely, both can be extended. Um and, and yeah, depending on your business need you'll you'll approach it in slightly different ways. Uh but they both both can be treated as a business process platform beyond CRM.
0: In Microsoft uh, the Dynamics CRM, you work in .NET, and of course, you open Visual Studio for that, but do you know how you do it in Salesforce? Is it another language, or where is that? Yeah, so there's the,
1: um, I think it's called the Apex language, which is like a macro language um, for building um, basic processes. But then, with the Heroku platform, you can also um, use things like Ruby on Rails and other, um, effectively non-Microsoft um, development technology. But certainly, very standard and very common technology um, um, languages out there. Um, so things like Ruby are quite well known, and, and certainly you can build um, with the, I guess, the equivalent of plugins using those those technologies.
0: All right, and on the client side, of course, JavaScript.
1: Yeah, and uh yeah, that's where the Apex comes in. The Apex effectively um does the equivalent job of JavaScript JScript as I understand it. Um in my defense I'm not um a strong developer, so <laughs> so um if you get some comments saying no look, Leon's totally off beam there, then um it's probably it's probably fair enough. But that's my understanding that the the Apex um allows you to create effectively macro processes, um not dissimilar to the kinds of things you can do with JScript. And uh, then if you want to go deeper, you can use stuff like Ruby on Rails, um, to, to create a sort of more robust, um, application add-ons.
0: But that's still cool to know that, that you can extend both products pretty well. Hmm.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But both, both are, if you compare it to say, um, uh, maybe goldmine at a pinch or, what's the one I'm thinking of? There's, um, Anyway, there's, there's, well, there's products out there, the CRM products out there, which are pure CRM products. Um, so they, they, uh, do opportunity management. And, and that's, that's what their bread and butter is. And yeah, you might be able to add fields. Um, and you might be able to do a little bit of workflow automation, but ultimately it's a CRM product. It's there for Salesforce automation, maybe a bit of mass marketing. Um, in the case of both Salesforce and Dynamics CRM, they're really more than CRM products these days. They're really business process, um, management platforms. And the idea is you can build on top of these platforms to manage all the process of your business, whether it's um, doing safety checks of the office floors that you work in, which I've done before in CRM, or whether it's Salesforce automation, or whether it's um, something like um, award nominations internally, so people can nominate the awards of who's the, who's the employee of the month. You can even do things like that within CRM, which aren't necessarily about customers, uh, but are common business processes that you might want to manage in a centralized platform.
0: All right. So both are good in a, in a social perspective also. I, I think it's fair to say Salesforce has a
1: little bit of an edge here. In terms of internal collaboration, they've, they've acquired work.com, which allows people to give awards to their fellow um, employees. Say this person's done a great job. And then that can be used for the annual reviews. And they've had chatter for a long time now. And, yeah, they've acquired other, other products like Radian 6 and products like this, which allow you to do social analytics. Microsoft are also coming to the party in that regard. So they've now got uh, NetBreeze, which they're going to be incorporating to the product very soon. Uh, they've got the Marketing Pilot. And they're, they're catching up on the social front. Um, essentially, where it's going to be in, say, 12 months is both platforms you'll be able to do social analytics, you'll be able to do mass marketing across social channels and you're able to monitor the responses you're getting on those social channels within the products. Um, as I say, Salesforce is probably a little bit ahead in that regard. They've gone to the market a little bit earlier. Uh Microsoft's catching up. And with Microsoft, you've got tools like um, Link uh, for the internal collaboration. There's, there's some integration there. Um, certainly Yammer now integrates quite effectively with CRM. And also with Skype, you can do call-outs uh, from CRM directly to Skype.
0: These are most internal social networks, like right? Work.com That's is true. an in- internal social link, Skype, Yammer. It's always more more intended for a social internal.
1: That's true. These are the internal collaboration tools. In, st- in terms of um, external market on the Salesforce side, you've got the Radian 6 um, and the other product, which name temporarily escapes me. Um, and then on the Microsoft side, the, the, the recent acquisitions, which in NetBreeze, uh, Marketing Pilots, products like that.
0: So do they scan like what's if someone nem- mentions our name on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, then we get a pling that says, okay, here's a discussion that you might want to know about.
1: Yeah, Radiant 6 is exactly that. Um, from what I've seen of it, um, it allows you to, um, sort of analyze keywords, analyze key phrases, look at certain people across social channels, see what's trending and that kind of thing. Um, and, and those capabilities are also coming with the, with the NetBreeze product into Dynark Um, so they allowed you to, um, analyze the external market. Um, a product we've had in Dynark Serum for, a, for a little while is the, is the Parrot product, uh, which also allowed you to do similar things. So the, uh, Web Fortress Parrot, product was a was a free add-on for Dynax Serum for up to I think it was three years or something like that, uh which is still out there. And again, that allows you to search for keywords and if there's something, say, on Twitter that's of importance, you can highlight that, you can convert that into a sales opportunity, you can convert it to a case, and then you can bring it into the CRM product and into the CRM processes and then action it accordingly. So if you're a company that has a, a heavy social presence and you see someone um mention on Twitter wow, yes, this is a great product, I'd really like to get more involved, or they're complaining maybe on Twitter, then that the, the Parrot product allows you to bring those um, tweets into the CRM process so you can um, basically deal with them as you would any other lead. Um, and I think that's that's where the products will go. At the moment, as I say, that, that power Up product is a third party, but I think that's where, the, the in terms of Microsoft CRM, that's, that's where it's going to be heading.
0: So you think that more of these external social things network's uh, awareness will move into both of these products as as they c- continue to grow?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, ultimately social channels are just other marketing channels. Uh, there's been a lot of hype around the value of the social channel um, and Salesforce uh, arguably has been, been an indicator of some of that hype um, and so if you um, look at a company like Burberry, so Burberry for a while there was saying that they Um, all their marketing spend was on social. And they certainly had a lot of success at getting, a lot of success at getting things like Facebook likes. But the difference between a Facebook like and generating revenue, um, there's a big chasm there. So, so ultimately the the, the social channels are simply marketing channels, but you've still got to have a, a strong marketing strategy, a strong marketing plan behind them to convert, um, the dissemination of a message into an actual sale or actual revenue provision of services. Um, to the market, um, Salesforce has been promoting that use of social to, to generate a noise. Um, but but really, yeah, it's, it's when I work with customers, I, I'm a lot more sober um, in my approach and say, look, yep, it's great you want to be on the social channels. What do you want to do with them? what, what, what how does it fit into your to your, to your overall marketing plan? And that's often where they'll scratch their heads, and it's it's certainly a key element to it. I think in Direct CRM with the with the um, introduction of the marketing pilot, which allows you to sort of do that marketing planning very effectively, and then with the analytic tools like NetBreeze, I, I can see um, those coming together within the CRM product to provide a, um, a robust marketing strategy that allows you to access those social channels effectively.
0: Well, I think it's great that, that you can see them and, as channel and are able to get those channel into your CRM systems that when you have a plan, you can act on it.
1: Mm. It's, it's not just about Facebook likes or, or getting hits on YouTube. It's, it's about, all right, once we get those, how do we convert those to real dollars? How do we use those to provide services to the market so that we're doing the thing that we come to work to do? Uh, we don't come to work to necessarily get Facebook likes. We come to deliver great service to our customers. Um, and, and whatever channel we're using, whatever way we're communicating to the market, it needs to be serving that 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 ultimate goal.
0: Yeah, what comes to mind is uh, is a, I think it was a presentation from last year's in extreme in Rome when uh, Ireland uh, visit Ireland uh, had a a, a big uh, presentation on how they managed to get people to to visit Ireland. And that's even more complicated because they're not the airplanes, they're not the hotels, they're just a, yeah, a, a promoter for Visit Ireland. So that was even more complicated and they managed to do that in dynamic CRM.
1: Yeah, I've been working... Um, last year I was working with Tourism Australia, which do the same thing for Australia. Um, and in that case, CRM wasn't about... Necessarily selling a product, it was about managing the relationships with the uh, with the tourist operators, managing the relationships with the government departments, managing relationships with the media organisations, making sure Tourism Australia understood those networks very well, so then they could um, leverage them effectively to promote Australia and to encourage people to to come to Australia. Um, and so, it's, it's, yeah, it's a different kind of use of CRM. It's, in that case, it's not about necessarily selling a service, but enabling others to provide um, their services effectively as possible.
0: Yeah, it sounds just similar. Um, mm. Trying to go back to this internal uh, on the uh, dynamic CRM side, we have Link, Skype, and Jammer. and And I always have a little bit of trouble of trying to explain the difference, especially with Link and Skype to customers. It's like, oh, well, how do you try to explain the difference between these ones? It's a good question. And
1: ultimately, I think it comes down to the Microsoft have only just purchased Skype. So, Link was, um, as, as I understand it, Microsoft's internal developed um, collaboration tool. So, Link was there. So, they had Instant Messenger, which was sort of a, 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 a common tool amongst individual users and the world. I think Microsoft saw some value in that and thought, well, can we create a corporate version of Instant Messenger? And so they started the Link product. Um, and I know internally, Link is heavily used by Microsoft. This is the product they use to communicate internally. They don't have um, phones on their desk anymore. Um, certainly here in Australia, they've got their computer and they've got Link. And that's how they talk to each other internally. That's how they talk to their partners. Um, it's very good for, for that internal collaboration. It's very good for those internal phone calls. Skype, the acquisition does copy over that space. It allows you to do instant messaging to the people in your lists. It allows you to make phone calls uh, to the people in your lists and, and to call externally. I think we'll see those two products probably come closer to closer, closer and closer together um, and eventually merge. So in terms of describing them, uh, describing the differences between them, it's actually very hard because there's a lot of commonality. Uh, what Microsoft have achieved by bringing those two products into the family is enormous user base. Uh, so, Instant Messenger had quite a strong user base. Skype's got a massive user base, and so they've now got all these people in both these products, um, all under the Microsoft banner, if you like. Um, so, it's, it's very interesting playing just terms of uh, getting getting all the all the subscription users in under the under the one umbrella. Uh, but in terms of the difference between them, they, they are pretty similar, and I think eventually the products will merge.
0: I've seen demos with both Link and Skype that you can see connection, uh, people awareness, uh, I'm not sure what it's called right now, presence in yes. uh, in Dynamics through Link, and then I've yes. seen demos with call out from Skype. Yeah, in terms of
1: CRM integration, you could, you're absolutely correct, Link gives you the presence visibility I'm not sure if that's still available in 2013 but certainly we see it we saw that in version 4 of CRM in 2011 you'd get the little colored icon the little colored traffic light um, and if you had a federated um, federated structure so that you were linked to another organization such as Microsoft then you could see people at the organization whether they're available and whether you could call them um, etc and message them through link and you did have that presence Skype at the moment in terms of its CRM integration is essentially a call-out product. It, it allows you to make calls out from CRM. Um, and, and from what I've seen, there's, there's not a lot more at this point. Um, but yeah, I think the integrations will become heavier. And yeah, I do believe those products will probably come closer and closer together.
0: And, uh, and Skype has this feature that you can type in what you're doing right now and add it to your sort of feed. And that's actually quite like Yammer. If you just post something on, on Yammer, it's like your feed, people have to add you to follow you, and then you can have groups and stuff. So in that regard, I also have a, a little bit of problem explaining the difference between all of these three products. Uh,
1: yeah, no, again, there is some, some double over there. Yammer is that... Um again got a massive user base out in the market. Um and it's designed for that, you know, um that Facebook wall, that corporate version of the Facebook wall where you're saying this is what I'm working on, this is the opportunity I'm working on. People can chime in and say, oh well I've worked in that industry, you've got to do these things and you've got to talk to these people. Um and then that's what it's there for is to try and um advertise uh to the to the corporate word to the corporate environment what you're doing so then you can um collaborate more easily. Um, in terms of Yammer, it's, it's not, uh, certainly when I last looked, it wasn't free for CRM though. I believe you do need an enterprise license, uh, to get Yammer to work with dynamic CRM. In terms of Skype, um, that, that does work with the free version, I believe. Um, I'm not sure what the licensing is for Link, to be honest off the top of my head. But yeah, both, all three products do, they do, um, cross over. It's quite interesting. I guess it's not a case of working out which one's right or which which one you use in in exclusivity, but maybe if you've got specific needs and you assess the products which fit that needs and then work out which is the best fit. But I I, I don't think it's necessarily Link will provide you this, Skype will provide you that, and Yammer will provide you the other. There there is a crossover, so I guess it's just a case of working out which one's the best one for your specific business needs.
0: Yeah, if somebody has already, let's say, Link, if they have Office... 365, and then they have Yammer for internal communication. Well then, leave out Skype. Just go with those two. Yeah, quite possibly.
1: Yeah, if they if those two meet your business needs, then you probably don't need Skype. Uh, those two will all, all do the job.
0: Uh, moving on to mobility, how do you uh, see Salesforce versus Dynamics CRM there?
1: Salesforce is doing a lot of work in mobility at the moment. Uh, so a lot of their announcements last year were around mobility space. So they've now got a mobile version of their service cloud um, client. Uh, and they're doing a lot of work there, doing a lot of work in the mobility space. And they have been there for quite a while. So they, um, they've had a um, – Salesforce has been on the iPad for, for quite a while. And, and again, it's probably fair to say Dietserum is playing a bit of a catch-up game there. Uh, but they are catching up very quickly. So originally they were going in with um Microsoft were going in with a third party to provide the mobility solution for Dynamics CRM. Uh that's now changed and they've built it their, they've built it themselves. So they've got the the mobile um client, what they call Mocker, which allows you to bring the CRM um experience into a, a general mobility platform. They're also providing specific apps uh for the for the common uh, platforms out there. And so the iPad's got um an app already which you can download. Windows um, has got one for the for, – it's got a Metro app, what what, we, what used to be called Metro apps for Nano CRM, and there'll be an Android one coming very soon, I believe. I'm not sure if any dates have been announced for that. Uh, so they're going to have um, apps specific for Nano CRM, and they've also got the mobile mobility platform. Uh, it, traditionally, Microsoft CRM only ever supported one browser as well, which was um, Internet Explorer. That's now changed, uh, with the more recent versions of iMac CRM, and so they'll support Chrome, they support Firefox, um, and it's a much more friendly product, if you like, uh, to the, to the, um, to the devices that are out there compared to what it was even 12 months ago. Even 12 months ago, it was still, uh, quite limited in how it could be used on, um, in other browsers or, um, on things like iPads. Uh, the world's changed a lot in the last 12 months in that regard.
0: That was most about Dynamics CRM, though. You said that uh, Salesforce are performing heavily and, and developing on, on the mobile side, but are they coming with, like, offline support, or do they have an app for iPad? Or...
1: Certainly. Well, they've had the is it called the Touch Salesforce Touch product for a while. So officially they've been in beta on, on Apple for a while now, but I think it's now... Um, a fully fledged version. So they've now got a fully fledged, uh, mobile offering on iPads. Um, uh, from memory, they don't, they don't offer apps so much as they just provide the web experience on those devices. Um, but it's, it's still, um, functionally very rich and they've been there for a long time. So for a, for a quiet, for a, a few years there, um, if someone said, Oh, we use iPads in the office, uh, there's very little direct Serum could do. Salesforce would always win the deal. Uh, because they, they had their Salesforce product compatible with iPads, uh, they, they worked with Safari. Uh, but these days, not so much. But certainly, yeah, um, Salesforce has been in the mobility space, um, for a, quite a few years relative to DinoCRM. DinoCRM is still playing a bit of catch up there. Um, but they, they, they're coming in very strong.
0: And how is the offline looking at from a Salesforce perspective?
1: As far as, as far as I'm aware, there is no offline capability for Salesforce. In terms of dynamic CRM, you've got what they've got a phrase for it, but essentially it means that if you've got, if your internet's a bit flaky and so it cuts out, then your data will still persist within the, within the client. It won't all just disappear. Um, but it's not really an offline mode. It's more just sort of um, web caching, if you like. So it'll, it'll keep it. And then it'll it'll happily wait until you can sort of save, um, but if you turn off the device, then and, and it's all gone, kind of thing. Um, I imagine both products certainly CRM's got third parties which offer offline support. Perhaps Salesforce does well. I'm not sure. But in terms of the raw offerings from both both um, companies, um, offline capability, I don't believe it's supported in either. Uh,
0: I tried actually the uh, the iPad version of uh, Salesforce and. I wasn't managed to to find an get offline button, so I didn't think you it's did. The, I didn't manage you, to find an, find oh, an right. offline.
1: Okay. There is the off in CRM. There is the offline client if you have Outlook. So if you've got um, Microsoft Outlook, there is a there is an offline version of Direct CRM there. So if I've got Outlook, I can go offline, and it basically has um, a, a cut down version of the database, cut down version of the web server. Running on your laptop or on your, on your computing device. So if you're using this, the Outlook client, yes, in Dynasty CRM there is an offline capability. But in terms of the pure mobility clients, pure mobile clients, um, no, it's, it's basically, if you lose the internet, you're fine, but, um, it's not a true offline capability.
0: Yeah. I think on both platforms, you have to go to third parties to, to get off, offline for, for these kind of services. Yes. I believe so. Okay, trying to look at the, the companies, um, is it possible to see if they do well? Do Microsoft Dynamics CRM go with a profit or is it possible to tell? Uh,
1: it's, it's an interesting question. So because Microsoft are both are public companies, so both Salesforce and Microsoft are public companies. So they're required to report their financials to the market. Um, every quarter and then do a full report once a year, do the annual report once a year. Um, so in terms of the overall companies, we certainly know if they're profitable or not. In the case of Salesforce, um, one of the things that I regularly do on my blog is look at, look at their financials. Salesforce don't make a profit. They haven't made a profit for about two years now and they're not looking at making a profit anytime soon. Basically, the cost of marketing and the cost of sales, um, is much larger than they the cost of the services the cost of the revenue sorry the the revenue they bring in right so they're they never making a profit they're always making a loss when Salesforce communicate to the market they use what are called non-GAAP financial numbers basically they ignore some of the costs so it looks like they're profitable but if you look at the numbers they actually report um, to the Securities Exchange Commission uh, the, the the stock commission if you like the, the share, share um, shareholders commission in America. Um, they never make a profit and they haven't done for about two years. Historic, they used to in the long, in about two, over two years ago. Um, they were making a lot of profit and then it's just slowly declined, declined and it's, it's degenerated. And now they're not making a profit at all. In terms of Dynamic CRM, it's not possible to work out whether Dynamic CRM itself is making a profit. While Microsoft report their numbers, the lowest level they report them to is to the division that Dynamic CRM is part of. And that's the office division so Dynamics CRM is part of a division that includes microsoft office um, all the um, erp products so this is your um great plains or gp ax um nav sl um, those erps and Dynamics CRM as well so we know that um, microsoft itself as an organization is runs at about a 30 percent margin so for every um dollar it occurs in costs it makes about a dollar 30 in revenue Um so it runs at a thirty percent profit. In terms of the specific division that Dynamic CRM is part of, it runs at about a sixty percent margin. Right? So it makes sixty and every dollar it spends, it makes about sixty percent on top of it. Obviously Office is gonna be a big part of that and Office is a massive product relative to Dynamax CRM. And so we so in summary we know that Salesforce is not profitable, we know Microsoft is profitable, and we know that the division that Dynamics CRM is part of is also very profitable. All right,
0: it's not really easy to tell if just this one product is profitable or not. No, no, my, Microsoft
1: are, are very—they—they they don't share their numbers um, in that regard.
0: Coming back to Salesforce, that—that's interesting because, well, if you—if you're a little bit mean, you can say that, well, if you don't manage your sales and make a profit of your sales, how do we trust you to? Increase our sales.
1: I, I think it's a fair question. In terms of revenue growth, Salesforce has done remarkably well. So, if we if we say if if you value a serum product on its ability to grow revenue, then Salesforce has done remarkably well. That being said, Dino Serum is also growing at a remarkable rate as well. They both grow um, probably around thirty percent in terms of their revenues uh, year on year. So they they're growing at a remarkable rate. But in terms of profitability, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fair criticism, I think. Uh, if if you're saying, "Well, with your CRM system, you can grow your revenues, but it doesn't help manage your costs," then what are you going to do for me? Um, Salesforce is going to be is going to go begging at giving you a, a reasonable answer, I think, because uh, their, their costs, their marketing costs and their sales costs are massive, and they they out easily. Well, their revenues out of the water. Um, and it's, it's getting worse. It's not getting better.
0: When we prepared this, you said a little bit about uh, also the company that Salesforce, uh, someone at Salesforce is selling their stock share and you thought that that was a little bit troublesome.
1: So this again part of the analysis I do in my blog is as well as reporting public information regarding their financials, one of the other things that both companies must report is what they call insider sales. So, if, so the exec, if the executives are selling their shares in their company, they need to report that to the market. Um, in the case of Salesforce, there's been two major, um, in, in, insiders, if you like, that have been selling their stock for a period of time. One is Mark Benioff. I, in the last few years, he hadn't, he stopped selling,
0: but for a What's number his of years, position? They,
1: ah, good question. I mean, we go from my memory? I, from memory.
0: He's halved his position,
1: so he was, I think, seven percent. He was seven percent, I think it was, and now he's down to three percent, something like that. Position my I thought
0: was his CEO or C- oh, chief sorry, financial officer. Minutes, or...
1: Mark Benioff is the CEO of Salesforce. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Mark Benioff is the CEO of Salesforce, and for a number of years, he was aggressively selling his shares, and he's down to about half of his stock now, um, compared to what he was when the when the market when he first floated. Um, Salesforce the company. Um, but yeah, i so say for the last few years, he hasn't been selling, but he is down to about half his holdings now. Uh, the person that still is aggressively selling is Graham Smith of Salesforce. He's the chief financial officer. So Graham Smith's the guy that comes out every quarter and says how fantastic Salesforce is doing, has been their best quarter yet, and it's he's very, um, positive in regards to the future of Salesforce. And yet, almost every day, he's selling shares. He's selling out of the company. Um, I recently got asked, okay, well, that's well and good. How does Microsoft fare? And to be honest, um, Microsoft executives are selling shares too. So the, the two key sellers in that case are Bill Gates and Steve Barmer. So Bill Gates is still on the board. He's no longer the CEO. Uh, but Steve Barmer is the CEO but recently retired. So Bill Gates, we understand why he's selling his shares. So Bill Gates is pretty open in the fact that he's selling his shares he wants to generate money for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation because he wants to you know, stop stop malaria in the world and things like this. Steve Barmer, probably not as clear why he's selling his shares other than he's, he just recently announced his um, um, resignation. He's, he's recently resigned as CEO. Um, so okay, in both those both those cases, it's not great that they're selling their shares, right? It's, it's not necessarily a good message to the market, but I can understand it. Why the CEO has sold so many shares historically? Why the CFO? of Salesforce continues to sell his shares, that that is more of a mystery to me. I don't quite understand why they're doing it, why they're offloading their shares to the level that they are. Um, the other major holding uh the major holder of of um shares in Salesforce are the institutional investors. So these are the the big the big sort of investment houses. Um, and they're also slowly reducing their their holdings in Salesforce um for what it's worth as well. Um, so it's no, so the, the main people that are buying are probably the consumers. But in terms of the major shareholders, most seem to be
0: slowly getting out of the product. All right. But that's still a little bit of speculation to, to why we can only guess here. And, and yeah, the stock um, prices is going up. So. Well, that's true. The, if you look at the share price of Salesforce,
1: it's, um, it's, it's going gangbusters. And, or historically, it's, it's certainly been growing quite aggressively in line with their revenues. So as the revenues increase, so do the the share price increase. In terms of the um, generation of value for the company, though, if we if we look do we sort of look at the um, share price from a value perspective, um, as I say, Salesforce is not generating a profit, so there's not necessarily any extra value in the company, even though the share price is going up. Which you know I, I'm not a a stock a stockbroker, so I can't give advice, but that, that that equation doesn't add up, right? If the company is not worth any more, but the share price is going up. So it's got a, its market value is higher than either people think Salesforce is going to massively increase its profitability very quickly. Um, or it's overvalued, one of the two. Um, and I guess people have to work out their own minds whether they think Salesforce is in a position to quickly make a profit, um, very, very quickly or whether they feel that the share price will, um, readjust in line with how much the company is actually worth. Um, in terms of the Microsoft share price, it's 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 flat as a tack. It hasn't hasn't really grown much um, over a number of years. It's 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 very very consistent, if you like,
0: <laughs> but not very exciting. What's your next challenge? What are you up to next? That's a great question.
1: Um, at the moment, I love what I'm doing. I, I really enjoy um, running the CRM team at, at Oakton. Um, I love being involved in projects and making a difference. Um, quite a few projects, It's they're very standard CRM. They're very standard CRM projects. Um, and there's, so there's not necessarily a lot of excitement there. It's just going in, helping people sell better. But then you get the occasional project where you're making a real difference. Uh, so there was a project last year that my team were involved with which um, helped homeless people Effectively, the, the local council needed to manage the, the rooms available at various, um, hostels for, for the homeless. And so they used dynamic Serum to do that. And th- that makes a real difference, right? If you're managing that process effectively, then you're getting people off the streets and potentially saving lives. And so those kind of projects just, they, 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 they let me, you know, they, they, they're the things that get me out of bed and get me to work in the morning. Um, there's another one I'm working on at the moment with the government. Where if, um, if someone's caught overseas and they're, they're in a bit of trouble overseas and they, they call their local embassy, then that's, that's a case that needs to be managed in, in CRM speak. And again, we're working on a system to help manage that process. And again, um, this is a system that could potentially save lives. If there's, if there's a, like a crisis overseas and we need to manage that crisis, this is the system that's going to be doing that. If someone's in trouble overseas and they're, they're facing all sorts of problems with local authorities. Again, the system is going to be helping them. And that's, that's what, that's what, um, I love doing is, is building those systems that can make a, a fundamental difference to people's lives out there. Um, so in terms of the next challenge, it's, uh, I guess, finding the next, uh, project which, which allows me to do that. As I say, at the moment, I'm working on one which is, which is doing precisely that. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what I love doing. I, what I'm doing now is exactly what I want to be doing. Uh, and I love it.
0: Yeah. It sounds like uh, you're enjoying doing these kind of projects where you get to help the public?
1: Technology has, a, has the great ability to, to make a difference in the world. It's not just about making things happen faster. And um, I love being part of that. I love, I love bringing technology to processes to um, help people in their lives and, and um, in some cases save lives, but in most cases just um, provide a better quality to people's lives.
0: Yeah, and it's a and it's a good thing to to tell your kids. Yeah, well, that's exactly
1: right. It's um, I, I'm pr- i proud of what I do.
0: Okay, thank you, Leon, for your participation in CRM Rocks. Ah, oh, my
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's it's been great. Really enjoyed it.
0: And thank you for listening. And don't forget that you can comment on crmrocks.com. See you next time on CRM Rocks.